Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of You Press Play Sports. I'm your host and news editor, Richard Pereira. Joining me today is sports editor Cameron Priester and staff writer Zachary Watts. Hey guys, uh, I know it's been a while since we last recorded an episode, but how are we go- how are we guys doing? Nope, can't really complain. You know, we have a lot to catch up on all these sports, so I'd rather save my opinions um, hmm. for when we get into it. Yep, same here. I'm doing good. Um, got, to, got to talk about um, FAU, unfortunately. Got some NFL to talk about. Start of the NBA season. I'm ready. Yeah, and throughout this past weeks, depending on the sport we'll be talking about today, it will be uh, either good, either bad. And we're going to have to start off with a, a good then bad moment for FAU football. Um, on October 15, they re- they beat uh, Rice 17-14, and that game actually featured a return of defensive lineman Evan Anderson, who was out for the past several weeks due to a leg injury. But now that he's back, they arguably had their best performance, defensive performance since the beginning of the season. Unfortunately, they couldn't keep up that momentum as they lost to a game-winning field goal against UTEP 24-21 on October 22nd. They now stand with a three and five record. And while their conference record is two and two, they haven't given us uh, a lot to be hopeful for. So what are our guys, what are your guys' thoughts on how they played for the past two games? Um, well, you know, coming from the Rice game, you know, we decided to schedule that from homecoming. Um, and initially things didn't look so hot. You know, we went down 14-0 early and, you know, kind of started to question, like, what are we really doing? Like, got to be able to turn things around. Um, one of the things I'll say is penalties were also kind of a prevalent factor in that game again. I think we had like nine for 65 yards, which you obviously don't want to see. But like you said, with the return of Evan Anderson, we had one of our best defensive performances um, we've seen all year, um, which is good. We ended up pulling that one out 17 to 14. But then moving on to the UTEP game, you know, that one was just kind of a tough pill to swallow. Um, you know, it really – hurt to see that one play out I think they had that one touchdown where the guy blocked it with his helmet and it came off decided not to pick it up so his teammate could return it back like that was kind of crazy and then um you know one of the things I did notice differently about that which I liked is we only had three penalties that game so I thought we did better in that department um but you know just one of those things where we have we have to be more consistent on both sides of the ball you know where there's some games where it seems like our defense is stepping up and doing a lot of things well and then this is one of those cases where it looked like our offense was a little lackluster and needed to step up and just couldn't match the same energy that the defense was. Um, you know, so some games left, so you'd want to see us finish out strong, but definitely a disappointing loss to UTEP there. I thought we definitely um, could have won that game, should have won that game, but not the result you want. Yeah, it's, it's just um, it's such another frustrating loss. Because um, the especially with how well the defense has played. And a lot of it, like you said, has to do with um, Evan Anderson. He's been uh, quiet, but, but you got to think like his presence on the D-line and opposing offenses and having to account for him has something to do with that. Um, the offense, offense just has to be more consistent. Um, you know, like you said, like the penalties, It's it seems like we talk about this every week. That shouldn't be, you know, a problem this late in the season. Like problems like being undisciplined like that are just should be should have been figured out a long time ago. Which they to be fair they did clean up a little bit against UTEP. But it's just it, 
they they have to win on the road, and um, it's it's just disappointing. Um, then it's why we're having some of these conversations about um, you know, jobs, security, and stuff. But um, hopefully they can. There's still stuff to play for. You know, bowl contention isn't completely out. They'd have to really right the ship now. But um, yeah, it's just not looking good. Yeah, and as you mentioned, Cameron, um, this is a team that has aspirations to appear, at the very least, in a bowl game. And all they need is six wins. And right now, at this point in the season, eight games have passed, and they only have three. And they only have four games remaining. And with the rest of the schedule looking tough, they're like there's no way you can underestimate this type of schedule. Um, it's, it's just not going to be an easy road for FAU. And the offense, I just really need Nikosi Perry to get back to where he was at the beginning of the season because right now, like, he's throwing between like a hundred, uh, less than two hundred yards in the past two games. But I don't think that's going to cut it. Like, he's really got to step up and really pass the ball to Lejante Wester, Jamal Edrin, and on occasion to Quan Burton. Um, he's really got to take advantage of uh, his receiving his receiving squad, and he he just really needs to step up with his passes and to make to make those timely passes and not to fall for what the opposing defense has has to offer him. The and next- to your point, um, to your point, Richard, I think a lot of that has to do with um, kind of his confidence because at the beginning of the season, like everybody was kind of talking about how much more um, poised he looks and just confident with where he's going with the ball. And over these last couple of games, that seemed to kind of um, get away from him a little bit. And he's kind of reverted back to previous season form where he just, he just looks a little more like timid, um, pushing the ball downfield. And a couple of bad games will do that to you, but he's kind of just got to regain that confidence in himself. And, because we've seen how he can, we've seen like the peak of his performance, like at the beginning of the season, we've seen what he can do. He's just got to find a way to kind of revert back to that. Yeah, and he has a chance to do that uh, going against UAB for Halloween weekend on Saturday, October 29. Uh, FU thinks this will be the biggest part, Halloween party in Boca Raton. Hopefully these losses don't make it the smallest Halloween party in Boca Raton. Uh, they will play Saturday, October 29 at 7 p.m., and UAB has a four and three record at the moment. And what are your guys' thoughts heading into this matchup for FAU? Well, UAB um, has kind of proven themselves to be one of the better teams in Conference USA. Um, so it's definitely not going to be an easy matchup. But I, I don't know. Like looking at our schedule this year, we've played a lot of quality opponents that I felt like like before going into the game, I hadn't favored us and we still played it close like that Purdue game where we lost I felt like we should have won that one um the Rice game I thought they had played well in conference up to that point so I mean as much of a challenge as UAB seems um it's not like out of our grasp or it's not something that we totally like out of reach I guess I mean Evan Anderson has continued to ball out in his return I think he had seven tackles last game so he's been playing well you know the defense continues to make plays um in an attempt to win the turnover battle. Um, one of the things I'd like to see more is our like lead backs, like McCormick, get a little bit more carries, try to see if he can get his stride. I think he only had 65 rushing yards last game. Um, I definitely think he can build on that. 
Um, but that's all about just not falling behind early. You know, it's making contests close later in the games. It's able to completely utilize um, like every bit of your offense. I think we seem, seem to get a little bit one-dimensional at times, um, which kind of hurts us. But, you know, if, if we can just finally, like Cameron touched on earlier, like bear down uh, in these last four games, I really could see us obtaining some bowl eligibility um, and, you know, having something to play for, especially this late in the season. Yeah, I, I think um, he kind of hit the nail on the head a little bit. Um, can't be so one-dimensional on offense. Um, you know, we you have so many playmakers. Utilize them and make Nikozi Perry's job a lot easier. Um, get him get him easy read plays. Get him easy layup throws to um, his receivers and kind of let them do the work for him. I think hey, I really like to see them um, – get uh, Johnny Ford the ball a lot. He had his injuries that kind of slowed him down towards uh, the beginning of the season. And before heading into the UTEP game, uh, Brent Deerman, the offensive coordinator, said he wanted to try to get him at least 10 to 15 touches, which I like the sound of. Um, he's really good uh, running routes out of the backfield. Um, like I said, that's it's easy layup throws for Cozy. Um get his confidence up. I'd like to see them try to do that more, try to just uh, get the offense going early because you're not going to win uh, win games scoring 14, 21 points a game. Um, and in effect, that will help out your defense because they've been playing really well and the offense can figure it out. Some of these games that we've lost in the past couple of weeks could be wins. So I hope I just like to see the offense um, just be a little bit more efficient. Also, what do we think about the black uniforms? I don't know. They're nice. They're nice. I like it. But yeah, as far as as far as I'm certain, uh, with how the season has gone down, no matter what happens in the game against UAB, we'll either get a trick or treat from <laughs> FAU. And moving on from FAU football, we go on to men's soccer, and they suffered a three-game losing streak. They currently have a record at three, eight, and three, two, three, and two in conference play. And they had defeats, uh, a, a disappointing one. They'll defeat the Temple, who is uh, the bottom in the American Athletic Conference. Uh, a, uh, the 2-1 loss to Florida Gulf Coast, which was their last game against non-conference opponents. And a recent 2-0 defeat to Memphis, who was otherwise a very solid squad. So with these struggles, what do we think of this team's position in the standings at the moment? So considering that they, they still have a chance at qualifying for the tournament, the conference tournament, but with these losses, it's not really helping them at all. Yeah, I mean, it's just increasingly tough. I mean, you know, when you go into a slump, especially like the losing streak that we've had, um, you know, even though we've dropped our last three, we haven't picked up a win in our last five. I know we had that draw against 13-ranked Charlotte. Yep. But I'm, I mean, it doesn't really help you uh, that much, you know, and our schedule doesn't necessarily get any easier. If we play 20 ranked SMU mm. uh, in this upcoming week, which will be our senior night, which I thought was pretty interesting. But, um, you know, in terms of the F uh, FGCU game, you know, it's just kind of one of those things where it doesn't really fall your way. I mean, we had shots on goal. We had eight, they had four. Seemed like we won in that regard. Um in terms of fouls, which, you know, I thought was a big issue for us all year long. You know, FGCU had 14 in that game, and we only had four. So we were playing a lot cleaner than them, but we were just weren't able to capitalize 
um, when we needed to. Um, you know, we went down really early in the third minute, finally evened it up with, I think, like seven, eight minutes left to go in the game. And then just, you know, FGCU was able to capitalize literally last second goal um, to pull that one out. So that really kills your morale um, moving forward. And then kind of in that Memphis game, we really not, – nothing really going for us offensively at all. And that, um, you know, both goals for Memphis came in the second half. So we, we did play good in the first half, but in the second half, you know, that penalty kick really doesn't help. Uh, fouls in this one seem to be a big issue. You know, our 12 to their 11, not really something you want to see. Um, and I think just to kind of touch back up on that FGCU game, I think one of their goals also came off a set piece, a uh, free kick, which obviously I've said – one of our biggest issues this year is we've been conceding way too many goals off of set pieces. Um, I don't know whether it's our positioning. I don't know whether teams just have it drawn up a little bit better than us, but we seem to get beat there um, pretty commonly, which I don't really like to see. But, you know, it doesn't mean you can give up. Like we said, I think we're one spot out of a playoff spot. So you're definitely going to have to bear down um, with these remaining games. And SMU definitely doesn't leave you an easy challenge. But I think with this SMU game, you kind of get a preview of what the playoffs are going to be like. Um, so if you really want to make a playoffs, you're going to have to play your best soccer up to this point. Um, so I guess we'll kind of see where we stand if we want to make playoffs or not. And if we really have a chance to make a deep run, um, we'll kind of see what we have uh, within this game. Yeah, um, it's this is not the time um, of the season that you really want to like start to slump. And, you know, those are, are terrible opponents you're playing. In fact, Memphis is actually really good. But um, you'd like to see them playing their best soccer at this point in the season. Um, and they're, they're just not. Um, but as like, like you said, the season's not out. Um, but SMU is a good, uh, very good opponent. Um, and right now we're, I think, 0-3 in ranked matchups. So hopefully, you know, they can kind of, clean up the like, set pieces, like you said, because um, it's not out in a, like a real postseason run isn't kind of like out of the um, out of the picture just yet. So I, if, if they can turn it around, um, that'd be exciting. It's, it's just tough. You'd like to see them be playing better right now, but hopefully they can clean it up against SMU. Well, when it comes to nationally ranked matchups, uh, FEU is, has one draw and two losses. The only draw coming against Charlotte, who are ranked number 13 at the time. And with SMU being a very good matchup, they're pretty much one of the best teams in the conference. It is definitely a tough matchup for FEU to handle. And with that being tonight, including World Cup night, which is definitely interesting to check out. Like, what are they going to do with that? Maybe go out and, you know, like, a national team jerseys or just soccer jerseys in general. I, I definitely want to see what they do with that. Um, on Friday, October 28th, 7 p.m., FE will take on SMU on that day. And hopefully they bounce back with a very good win against a very solid nationally ranked squad. Moving on from men's soccer, we head on to women's soccer. And we got more brighter news. They clinched a spot in the Conference USA tournament with a 3-0 victory over Middle Tennessee this past Sunday. And even though they had disappointing defeats to West Kentucky and Louisiana Tech, uh, being a 1-0 defeat and a 2-1 loss, they did bounce back very well to clinch what was a very crucial spot in the Conference USA tournament. And with them having one game left against FIU this Wednesday, October 26th at 7 p.m., a home game, no less, what do you, what do you guys think of 
how women's soccer looks heading into the postseason? Um, you know, I think it sets up pretty nicely. I mean, like you said, we were able to clinch that spot, which is huge for us. Um, in terms of that Western Kentucky game, I thought that was just kind of like a brush off game. You know, Western Kentucky only had one shot on goal the entire time and their goal came off a deflection. Um, so, I mean, it really wasn't like we made too many mistakes. We just, again, weren't able to capitalize in situations where I thought we could have. Um, and, you know, it was an away game. So, you know, playing away is always tough, especially in conference. Um, then you go in that Louisiana Tech game, you know, not the result you want. But the fact that they're able to bounce back against Middle Tennessee, pick up a 3-0 win, that's huge. Um, but I think the biggest thing to mark is not only do you clinch, but then we turn around and immediately play our rivals, FIU, to close out the year. That's kind of ideal what you want going into playoffs. Because if you're able to win that one, that's a huge confidence boost. Um, it's able to get your kind, kind of your head screwed on right. Um, and because you have all that pent up emotion from beating your rivals, you're able to kind of turn around and say, all right, well, let's use that for momentum going into the playoffs. You know, let's see what we can do now. Um, you know, I'm trying to look through the ranked opponents. Not really see much, but outside of that, you know, we've played well. We've played pretty consistent all year, I'd say. Um, offensively, I think we've done a great job. There's some spots defensively I think we need to clean up because from what I'm noticing, other teams aren't getting a ton of offensive output in terms of shots on goal, but they're able to capitalize on them most of the time. Um, whereas, you know, we'll have a ton of shots on goal. We're just not able to um, capitalize too much. But, you know, short and sweet, FIU's coming up. Huge game for us. We're already riding a little bit of momentum. Already happy that we're able to clinch. But I guess as the cliche goes, you know, the job's not finished. Um, so we definitely have more to prove. Right. Like you said, just um, continue to just ride this good momentum. That was like very good um, when they're coming off of against Middle Tennessee, um, you know, keeping the clean sheet on defense and, and this played really well in the second half. Um, eight shots compared to their zero. That's, you know, kind of like how you'd like them to play, like clean uh, in the second half. Um, that's just like, the, like you said, the good juju that you want. Um I just hopefully they can um, keep this going against FIU. You don't want to, um, you know, kind of mess up a good thing heading in, on the end of the season, heading into the tournament. But um, it leaves a lot to be confident heading into the postseason. They're playing really well. Yeah, definitely. And hopefully they end the regular season with a very solid win against an in-state rival in FIU. So good luck to them. And hopefully we have a good tournament this year for women's soccer and hopefully the other sports we talked about do win their games and qualify for their crucial postseason games and moving on from a few sports we head on to national sports and we start off with the nfl plenty of things happened in the nfl this past week Tua Tago viola finally made his return from concussion protocol for the dolphins helping them get uh, an important victory uh, against the pittsburgh steelers which helped them snap a three-game losing streak after they started season three and uh, the Philadelphia Eagles remain undefeated. Uh, the, the Dallas Cowboys just got uh, Dak Prescott back after having Cooper Rush in cruise control for the past couple of weeks. Uh, Tom Brady is and the Tampa Bay Bucks are struggling <laughs> right now. And uh, the Patriots have an interesting quarterback dilemma with Mac Jones and Bailey Sapp, especially after uh, a disappointing defeat to the Chicago Bears this past Monday. 
So what are your guys' thoughts on what happened throughout this past week of NFL football? Um, I mean, in terms of old QBs, I think Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady were kind of seeing the decline just a little bit, you know, but I also think that's not due in part to um, their playing ability. I just think like the teams that they have around them just aren't really getting things done. Um, from the Bucks standpoint, I really just think because they forced Arians out, their offensive play calling abilities have absolutely diminished. You know, they have almost zero red zone capability up to this point. Um, that's kind of sad to see. Um, in terms of the New England situation with quarterbacks, um, I kind of feel for Mac Jones because it felt like he was on an extremely short lease considering how well he's done last year. And, you know, another thing that kind of bothers me is I feel like the play calling is extremely different when Zapp, Zappy's in the game. You know, I just feel like he is not getting the same kind of play calls. I don't know why that is. I don't know whether they trust um, Zappy to make certain throws as compared to Mac, which I don't know what would have earned them that. But, I mean, you literally had fans chanting for Bailey to come into the game after, like, one turnover. And I was like, I was like, I mean, I guess. But it kind of hurt me. And then – um, to see Bailey literally come out and immediately take the lead 14 to 10, but then ended up losing the game pretty badly. I mean, it just seemed like uh, Chicago had made some of the better adjustments. What I will say for Chicago side of things, though, and I'll keep this short, they are finally using, utilizing Justin Fields' legs as they're supposed to. You know, I thought that was one of the biggest things they had been missing out of all year. You know, make teams commit to that backfield of Fields um Khalil Herbert and David Montgomery you know make teams load the box and then you're able to beat them with play action passes you know allow fields to get some easy reads over the middle that's kind of how you need to win your games and I feel like they did that extremely well against the Patriots um but yeah that's kind of all I really have um for the NFL side of things yeah I kind of I kind of agree with you about the um the quarterback situation in uh, New England I didn't necessarily um kind of agree with that coming off of you know missing three weeks and uh that, that really that was a really ugly interception uh Mac kind of threw yesterday but I, I just thought that was more of like Belichick kind of like just saying like this is what I'm gonna do and just trying to be right with um this move but Besides that, it was just awesome to see the Bears win. I've said on here before that, like, you know, like the season's chopped and, like, let's look at 2023. But um, it's, it's nice to see them win. Like you said, they're utilizing his legs more, which in turn he's um, – he just looks more comfortable back there when he's he's look, actually going through progressions. He's not just focusing on key reads or, or peeing on his first read, um, which is what you want to see. Um, I – I also this interesting. I like you said. I thought it, it kind of declined. Um, and I like. I don't think it also is. I don't like Aaron Rodgers very much. The Bears fan, but um, I that that receiving core is is kind of really brutal. He's doesn't really have like a guy you would on there on his receiving core that you'd think is like a wide receiver one. Um, so yeah, I I I don't think I don't think. I don't know how they're going to look the rest of the season. Um, yeah. Um, the Bucks. that, that was, um, that was a brutal loss for them. You know, Brady just looked frustrated out there. Um, I, I don't, I'm not sure that division is interesting. I'm not sure how that's going to end up. We'll see. 
Yeah, that, that Tampa Bay game where uh, Mike Evans dropped a what's what was supposed to be a touchdown pass, like uh, a, a, a pass downfield to him, and he dropped it like that. That was not good to see, and it definitely wasn't good to see Tampa Bay get blown out like that by Carolina, twenty-one to three. That's not a good look at all. And I do want to look at the more surprising teams, especially the Giants and the Jets, who have a six-one record and a five-and-two record. New York teams are balling out today, it seems. <laughs> yeah, um, you know it's so funny to me because you look at the Giants' record at five or uh, at six and one now, and if you were to ask anyone, like, "Oh, do you think the Giants have any chance of making like a deep playoff run?" Ninety percent of people would say absolutely not. Like, <laughs> there is just not a lot of faith. Um, what I will say is the lock, though, is Brian Dabal as coach of the year. Um, I, I mean, for what he's done with the staff that he has. Um, first, I just want to say Daniel Jones has been better than advertised. You know, he's done exactly what he needed to do. I'm not going to say he's gone out there and like woed anyone with any extreme playmaking ability, but you know, Saquon's fully healthy. Um, we've seen some receivers emerge and Wandale Robinson that have been playing, um, pretty well out there. Um, the giants have just been playing winning football and that's all you can really ask from your guys. You know, it's not about, uh, how you get it done. It's just that the fact whether or not you get it or done that that's really all that matters uh, in this case. So I'm extremely surprised in that sense. As for the other New York teams, you know, the jets sitting at five and two, um, you know, I kind of think they're getting away with some easy scheduling. That's just <laughs> on me. And as for the bills, I think they're one of the best teams in football. Um, one thing I want to say though, is uh, that I feel like not a lot of people are bringing up, but people are subtly acknowledging Geno Smith and the Seahawks are playing extremely well for some reason i don't know why um i guess Pete carroll just knew russell wilson was diminishing for some reason uh i don't think his <laughs> deep ball is there anymore um which kind of sucks to see because you know Bronco literally cleared house to bring in a quarter of a billion dollar qb and you're just not getting it done um so that's tough to see but i mean yeah shout out geno smith man i'm loving what i'm seeing yeah um Richard, to your question about the, the New York teams, I think the Giants are kind of just there. Like you said, that's just great coaching. And not only Daniel Jones is playing kind of just clean. He's a, he's playing game-managing football, and which leads to not a lot of many mistakes. Um, you know, he's hitting those open passes. He's, like, hitting the check down whenever he needs to. And that kind of opens up um, spots for his athleticism, which I think people don't give him enough credit for. In the game against the Bears, he was – lighting our defense up on like the bootleg we couldn't stop it I mean, he probably had like three or four first down runs just on that play alone um that's something i don't think people give him enough credit for he's playing good football and um when you don't make a lot of mistakes um win games so and the jets i think that's just um i think wilson's kind of getting bailed out a little bit um but that's kind of what happens i think when you get your a young quarterback um you know good receiving weapons and a you know competent o-line hoping like the bears will take notice do something about theirs but um yeah um i think that it's just playing uh clean football and that's when you win that's when you win yeah and gotta give credit to where it's due for them like uh, after suffering for how long they've had for the past couple of years especially the jets uh, it's definitely a great sight to see having them, seeing them have, seeing both of them, in fact, have winning, 
have very good winning records and only having one or two losses at this point in the season. So hopefully they keep that up. And moving on from the NFL, we have our last topic of the day, the NBA. Um, uh, so far, we're one week into the NBA season, uh, seeing some very, very good talent so far. Zion is looking very good to start the season. Um, Paolo Bancaro is looking is settling in very nicely for the Orlando Magic, even though they're winless at 0-4. Um, the Knicks are looking not too bad with Jalen Brunson leading the way. Uh, they recently won against Orlando last night. Um, Cleveland is looking solid with Donovan Mitchell, who is on a torching start over scoring over 30 points a night, which is crazy. And as we look at the West, <laughs> the Lakers, the Lakers with an 0-3 record. Um, I will say this about the Lakers. They have been very fun for me to watch. They have been very fun. I've, I've been enjoying their games. Despite their shooting struggles on offense, they have been looking pretty solid defensively. And I like the young talent that they have on the bench. And, and I like Lonnie Walker's speed and athleticism, which he definitely helps them out there. But Russell Westbrook. <laughs> especially that Blazers game where Damian Lillard was just being Damian Lillard, going clutch mode, going crazy as he always does with his three-point shooting ability. And Russell Westbrook takes a terribly timed mid-range shot with a lot of time on the shot clock in like the last 30 seconds of the game. So what are we thinking with the Lakers at the moment? I mean, not only was it a terrible decision for the shot, but the fact that Portland purposely switched um, Nurkic on him, like you're literally putting a big man on a point guard and completely giving up any type of shot, didn't contest it at all. They were like, hey, if anyone's going to beat us, it's surely going to be you. Like, we don't care. And, you know, they ended up being right. Um, I think one of the big things this year, um, if you want to look at the Blazers, um, you know, they're 4-0. I think another team out West has really surprised me is the Jazz up to this point. Um, you know, Danny Ainge kind of suffering from success because, you know, considering how many players he shipped out with Gobert um, and Donovan Mitchell, you know, you'd think like, oh, we're in rebuild mode. And then he suddenly made a playoff contending team out of a bunch of just role players. I think he just gives him a chance to sell, though. I think this gives him a chance to sell players since their high value is looking a lot higher than it was before. I think he should trade for Westbrook. If he truly wants to embrace the tank mode, um, <laughs> please please bring in Westbrook. I think that is the smartest thing you can do. Um, please, I'm begging. Um, I will do anything just to not have to watch LeBron's career dwindle down like this. Because the fact that there are so many cameras on you in LA and every time Russ does something like, or anyone on the team for that matter, does anything remotely poorly, they immediately just cut to LeBron's like facial expression and he just looks done. He just like, I I'd rather retire now. Um, obviously he's going to keep playing until his son's in the league, but I mean, Oh, the NBA is getting so frustrating. I mean, the Celtics are good. I mean, it's obviously Jason Tatum's MVP season in my opinion, but that's coming from a biased Celtics fan. So I'm going to have to refrain from hyping them up too much at this point in time, but I digress. Yeah. This the kind of the shooting in Los Angeles is kind of just um, brutal. Um, I can't, I'm more surprised, though, by the Blazers' hot start. Um, I kind of expected Damian Lillard to, I want to say, like, regress, but just kind of not return to that, like, you know, that 
mode we know he's in, like game time, like we always say. Um, but he's he looks great. Um, so does the entire team starting off four and zero. Another thing, I'm kind of I'm kind of surprised by the Heat's slow start. Um, I they their off season wasn't as um, it was really, it was kind of quiet. There was all the like Donovan Mitchell rumors. Not it wasn't anything too crazy really happened, but um, I think they'll figure it out. The Heat are like known as one of the like best coach teams. You know what Eric Spoelstra is gonna do, um, and they develop talent better than almost any organization in sports. So I think they'll be. I think they'll get on the right track um, as the season progresses. Yeah, and I agree. The start of their season wasn't what they expected, but they just happened to face DeMar DeRozan on a very good day. He's on a tear right now. Yeah, even though the Bulls have a 2-2 two and two record, I'm, I'm sure they'll be fine for the moment. And the Wizards having a 2-1 record, but I don't think that'll last very long. Um, Charlotte, same as well. I don't think <laughs> they'll, have, they'll be in the top three in the East a few weeks from now. No way, no way. I don't think that's going to happen at all. Um, but yeah, the Hawks, who had one of the more interesting off-seasons by getting DeJounte Murray, they currently have a two-run record with Trey Young and Murray as their back starting backcourt. So uh, it's definitely an interesting start for them, and I think they would be one of the more interesting teams to watch, as far as I'm certain. Yeah. And, and of course, the Blazers 4-0, the Grizzlies 3-1. Okay, pretty good start. And the Spurs, who we thought would be in the Victor Wembanyama with sweepstakes, they currently have a three-and-run record. And while I don't think they stay uh, close to the top of the West uh, uh, like uh, like a month from now, uh, it's definitely a very surprising start for them. What are our yeah. thoughts on the Nets and their start? <laughs> the Nets won in the uh, ben Simmons, for some reason, decided to foul out in two of those three games. He got played. He got played on that. That was hilarious to see. What is up with officiating for the most part? Like, I get it's in yeah, the rules. I, don't get it. I, I understand, like, check fouls are a thing, but I am so against it. Like, what? It's almost getting impossible to actually defend some of these guys in the NBA because if you look at the skill set, um, not only from a shooting perspective, but playmaking standpoint also from a finishing standpoint like these guys talent levels are off the charts and it feels like we've instead of improving evenly like you know as offensive improve you'd see some defensive improvements as well to be able to kind of counterbalance um these things it seems the nba is just completely embraced that this is going to be an offensive league it's almost as if defense means nothing at this point um you know we look at some of the more talented defensive teams in the league such as the Celtics you know they just gave up 120 points to the Bulls and that's not saying they're not going to give up over 100 points during given nights but you know if you're considered one of the best defensive teams in the league you're going to consistently have um, dominant defensive performances and it just doesn't seem like it's even an option at this point with how check fouls are how easy put I mean I know they've kind of battled back a little bit from a flopping standpoint but even so it's not as if players aren't getting away with it I mean um, we saw Pat Bev kind of get called out for flopping the other night, acting like he got hit by a truck. Um, but that's like his situation. It just, it's kind of annoying to watch because it's, it's not so much as like, oh, these teams are playing better defenses to stop teams. It's just more like we got to hope that certain star players on these offensive minded teams aren't going to have their best scoring output tonight. And I don't like counting on that 
um, going into games because I, I don't think it's fair. Um, I don't think it sets up for the best viewable basketball from a fan's experience. Um, but then again, I'm in a position where like the only thing I can do is complain because I don't really know how I'd fix it. I'd want to take the hand checking out. That's one of the fixes I'd recommend. But other than that, I don't really have much to say in terms of how to fix it. I just wish I could see a change. Yeah, the, the, the general trend um, is there. Not only in basketball, it seems like in all of sports, it's like kind of leaning, just, just kind of, I don't want to say softer because that's not the right word, but it's kind of what it is, it's like softer. Like, um, But like you said, there's there's no one like fix for it because I feel like if they alter the rules to make it more, Players are so good, like you said, they'll find a way to exploit this anyway. So I, I'm not sure, but it, like you said, it really is getting out of hand to almost where you can't play defense. And we like high-scoring games, but, like, we also want to see defense. We don't need to see 150-point games every single night. So hopefully they can, you know, find a way to balance it out. But I'm not sure how they're going to do that. Yeah, and I definitely would agree with you guys. I, I do love seeing defense being played a game in and game out. So hopefully they loosen up on those uh, BS fouls where it just comes out of nowhere. And it's like, you, know, you don't even see the foul at all. They just called it. So hopefully that we don't see that very often as the season goes and winds down. Mm-hmm. With that, that'll be it for this episode of You Press Play Sports. Make sure to hit like and subscribe. Click the bell to keep up with notifications from us. Also, be sure to go on upressonline.com to keep up with news, sports, and more content alike. To follow us on Twitter, it's for me, at Rich26Pereira, for Cameron, at PriesterCameron, and for Zach, at ZachWatts1 underscore. Thanks for watching, everybody, and have a great day.